Hello, welcome back to the Age of Empires, the ASAP Weekly Age of Empires podcast. I guess it's been a while since I said that. Uh, I am your host, uh, known on this show, the show that I do with Matt. I'm known as Robert. How's it going, Matt? <laughs> hey, it's going well. It's good to be back. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's good, though. Um, I will say, that, like, right off the bat, I think the thing that still impresses me so well is that despite the fact that we've kind of moved to this, like, once a month format, the um, the listenership's been great. Like, you know what I mean? We've uh, we've had a steady amount of listeners. So I thank all of you for listening. That's, that's so, it's so great. Um, if you ever want to, you know, support us i mean just I, apparently you guys are doing great in getting new people to listen so i i don't have to do anything I, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say thank you for for the fact that uh we're releasing the show kind of on a slower schedule just because we're all so busy but um it seems like people are still listening and i'm very happy with that um this show is gonna be like a whirlwind there's a whole bunch of things to get to um and for probably the first time in a while we're gonna get to aoe2 aoe3 and aoe4 so all the games will be kind of all encompassed in here uh, and we're going to get some news and yeah, we'll go through a couple of things. Uh, the first thing that I am going to go over is the following. Um, there was an announcement. Well, the announcement that I think probably this is what I, I think is my favorite tournament actually in all of Age of Empires. Um, the Red Bull Wool Low Tournament specifically. The, uh, the, the one that happens in the castle, I think that was probably the best tournament of the previous year. Um, I remember recapping it and it was so much fun and there's great storylines and stuff. So um, essentially what they are having, what Red Bull Wolo is having is something called Red Bull Wolo Legacy. All right. That's the tournament. It'll be October the 21st to October 30th. So it's way, way ahead, but I'm just excited for this. Um, And they're going to have AOE Definitive Edition, AOE 2 Definitive Edition, and AOE 4 um, competitions for all of those. And I I think that's pretty cool because I like... I'm not someone who thinks AOE one is necessarily a. I, I I don't know how the balance of the game actually is, but playing a little bit and watching a little bit of tournaments, I did find it entertaining because it, it's its own thing. You know what I mean? It's it's very much it has a very different feel I think than AOE two. So I, I I'm I'm down to go watch that. I don't know I don't know if you've any interest in that Matt, um, but yeah yeah I I totally agree. The Red Bull Wololo uh, in the castle was uh, was a lot of fun to watch um really exciting and just just the visuals you know it's uh it's very very fitting to have an age of empires <laughs> to the casters turtle, and, and tournament in, inside <laughs> yeah in in a castle yeah so uh yeah sounds great and the fact that they're having uh multiple games this year um multiple uh age of empires um i think is uh, is fantastic I, it'll it'll cater to to everyone yes uh, we we, cer- we certainly hope uh that's the case um on the uh let's just say kind of on this front of aoe 2 the one thing i would like to mention is that the battle of africa 3 is happening right now so if you're looking for a tournament to watch this is the s tier tournament price pool of thirty thousand dollars is currently happening um and so it looks like this is a interesting okay um sorry sorry (laughs) i'm just I'm, i'm trying to uh so this is an Age of Empires 2 3v3 tournament. So I think that's actually the really cool part is that you have like the teams. You have Gamer Legion, you have Aftermath, you have a couple of these teams. Um, so for instance, uh, Lyra is with Hera. Uh, and N- N- wait, oh, so wait, hold on. It's 3v3. Oh, but there's five players on each team. Interesting. 
interest or, or four plays. I guess you can have subs. Okay, okay. I, I'm 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 getting together the rules. But this is this is quite wild. So it's really cool. I think this kind of term is really fun because you have all these like best players teaming up together. Yeah, um, that sounds like, that uh, sounds really interesting. <laughs> it's a whole other dynamic, obviously, when you have teammates. You know, just uh, just the fact that you can trade in the late game to get gold, uh, that that changes the game immensely. Uh, you know, typically in two v twos, what you see is one player go archers, and the other player go knights. Um, mm-hmm. That's a, a common c- combo. I don't know what what the meta for three v three is, but uh, yeah, it sounds sounds interesting. I mean, I I kind of think it gets more interesting once you have pros doing it, right? Because I think. Like sometimes when I saw the two v two tournaments, it just kind of feels like you get the the person who's like better at macro, uh, to to be the one that just like tries to build up, and the other person just like keeps them alive or like puts pressure so that they can they can really build themselves up. The, the kind yeah, of what one I felt like in a lot of those tournaments. Yeah, one player focuses on economy and slings the other player who's doing all the all the fighting. Yeah. So so uh, I'm I, I definitely definitely exciting. Maybe I, I definitely uh, think I might check some of this out. Um, so if you do want to watch that, it's on a TV. Um, there you go on the Twitch channel. Uh, I could probably put a link if, if, uh, when I'm putting this show up, I remember I'll, I'll throw in a link. Uh, this is definitely one I'm, I'm down to check out. Um, and yeah, there's a big prize pool and there's a lot of the top pros. So that'll be happening all the way through June. So if you're looking for a tournament, um, and it seems like it, like there's pretty much a game every day or two right now kind of going forward. So I think that's really cool. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely, definitely check that out. Um, another thing I'd like to talk about, uh, quick switch from, from AOE. I, I will come back to AOE too. Cause I know we talked about the AOE two uh, sieves. I do want to go like through the campaigns. I do want to get the expansion, maybe go through the campaigns. Um, that might be a thing I do once I, <laughs> once I'm off from work for a little bit, uh, <laughs> that was something we can get into. Uh, but that, that's where AOE two will come back to. Cause I do want to go through the campaigns. Cause I, I noticed in the last couple of campaigns, I've been like more and more eager to play the AOE two campaigns. So um, I'll definitely go uh, have a review of that because I'm sure I'm sure some people would like that because uh, I've made that my bread and butter now. <laughs> when it comes to Age of Empires, it's playing th- the only one I'm playing through the campaigns and convincing other people to play campaigns. Uh, but there, there's some great stuff that they got going. Um, yeah, yeah, moving cam- on a little bit. Yeah, it, it, campaigns. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna add. Uh, campaigns are fantastic. Uh, I love I love the campaigns, and I agree that they've been getting be- better and better over the years um so uh yeah and Matt, I, I think i myself don't don't have the latest expansion but uh yeah, yeah i'm sure the you know the the developers all, always do a great job so maybe if i play it and then i convince or convince people like you who might be like oh i might be down to play those campaigns you know that that's really the thing right like that's the that's the service i'll provide <laughs> people who are like maybe they like campaigns but they don't know if they want to get it you know maybe maybe i'll convince them one way or the other maybe i'll come back yeah, and there be like, you go no, is it was it was absolutely you no know, absolute trash you know maybe maybe that's and they'll be like okay good thing I didn't get the expansion um, but I think that's another thing Matt where where I've definitely changed over time is is I've found a fondness and much more for for campaigns because um, when it comes to multiplayer it's like it's definitely hard for me because there's only like one game I feel I like can really just be like oh I'm gonna get better at this one thing you know what I mean um and yeah, yeah and i think especially this is true for rts uh, where the learning curve is often mm, uh yeah. steep um yeah I, I think uh i think there's a lot of if you want to get good at an rts game you have to really practice and you really have to put the time into it which you know not everybody has some people just like to fool around online other other players like to 
uh, play the campaigns. Um, so there, you know, there's something for, for everyone. There are co-op campaigns as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I think I talked about that recently, but yeah, I've, I've been really enjoying how, like, uh, I think your brother and I actually, uh, shout out to him. Um, we, we, the last time we played, we played AOE two and we ended up playing, uh, the co-op campaigns. Cause you could actually go through like a whole campaign now. It's not just like random missions. Oh, so we cool. started going through, through a thing. Cause which one I think we were just do? so, I, I don't remember. I, I'm going to be honest. You'll have to, you'll have to ask him, but I remember, okay. um, we were just so tired, like not tired as in like, Oh, we can't play, but like tired enough that we're like, okay, like I really do not want to be like super stressed out right now. You know what I mean? I don't want to be playing in a multiplayer game because I know I know yeah. my brain is not working right now. So we're just like, let's do this. This will be chill. It'll be fun. It's still playing the RTS, but we're, we're going to kind of be relaxed. Um, so yeah, I, I decided to do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's that's what's great about, about the campaigns and what's great about co-op campaigns in, in particular. You can sort of, um, you know, take some time to, to do something relaxed, something fun, something story-driven, something unusual. Um, yeah, I'm yeah b- big proponent of, of campaigns for sure. Um, kind of moving on here, uh, the last kind of tournament type thing that I want to talk about uh, before I get the main topic for today. Um, the the last thing I want to talk about is the Golden League, which this is the AOE four tournament that was going on, and to me it was really exciting because it had a bunch of the StarCraft players playing. Um, unfortunately, uh, some of these names that I thought might make it through, like the Muslim. Wasn't able to make it through, um, and but other you know older shall we say or or maybe maybe not older in the sense of like they're older than the other players. I mean some of them might be, but older as in they've been playing RTS or I've known about them for a long time. Uh, Marine Lord and BCQT managed to make it through uh, to the finals, and they were actually up against uh, Viper. Marine Lord played against Viper in the semifinals, and so. Uh, the StarCraft players were able to win out. So Marine Lord against BCQT in the finals. 5-1 win for Marine Lord. The Viper got third place. So Viper's still very much in the top mix in AOE 4 as well. Um, I think I think there's definitely that thing where I think for the Viper, it's content and it's who what what are people watching or not watching. Um, and so he's he's very much going... It definitely feels like he's playing AOE 4 when there's an AOE 4 tournament, then he's playing AOE 2 when there's an AOE 2 tournament. He's just kind of playing both. Um, but yeah. I think he's the exception, right? I, I think a lot of the other players can't really play both or, or having think, a hard time playing both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. And and besides the fact that he that he plays both games and he's obviously very good, he's, you know, top top player. Um, you know, he's he's consistently um you know he's consistently talked about when 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 people talk about the best players in, in Age of Empires two and and Age of Empires four. So it's it's uh, he, he's very multi talented and um, watching him play is actually is for me it's very interesting. I really like watching the Viper play. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, now we're gonna get kind of the meat and potatoes of this particular episode, which was AOE three. I know it's been like forever since we did an Age of Empires three episode, um, but there has been a new expansion uh and it is called oh, oh my goodness i'm i'm i've lost the name here it's called knights, knights of the mediterranean knights of the mediterranean um so already i mean i there's something like visually when it comes to the AoE 3 expansion releases that is really nice like the artwork they put like i 
I don't know if you're seeing yeah. the splash art, but it's just incredible. Um, yeah, I love I love the art for Age of Empires three. I think it's fantastic. I actually prefer it over Age of Empires four. Um, and uh, yeah, because AOE four is trying to like be something new, but like also be something old. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, AOE three feels like the they they like they had so much fun with it, but then they're they're unapologetically like visually this is what we're doing you know what i mean well i think sometimes because because i think aoe4 is trying to bank on the aoe2 nostalgia sometimes they like try to make it like a little more similar to the older game um well aoe3 just feels like it does it, it's a i don't know sometimes it looks a lot more polished or maybe just the art the art style or the artist of this particular splash art just did incredibly well yeah it, i mean it's an old game but um, the the graphics still hold up, and and uh, of course with the the latest definitive release, the edition. definitive edition, yeah. it's it's even better. Um, but yeah, like you said, Age of Empires three is really its own different animal, um, and and the, the developers really kind of went went sideways with that one, and and you know that's that's why it's maybe not as popular as some of the other games in the in the franchise um but it's certainly unique and um that's i think that's really great i think i have more and more appreciation for the game as time goes on because of the fact that and i like i went back and played a bunch of the campaigns right but i i i think like it was beholden to the success of aoe2 they did so with aoe2 that they couldn't possibly topic so i think like strategically making this like different game wasn't a bad idea right because like you don't want to make the same game because people are just going to play that original game um, exactly and, and, and so and actually we're we're seeing some of that in age of empires 4 uh mm, i know some, yeah we're seeing we're seeing you some know players people, yeah yeah so some players just uh you know they're just like oh this feels like a maybe a reskin of age of empires 2 or it's kind of kind of like you said it's trying to play off of the nostalgia of age of empires 2 so some players didn't even want to get into it um mm-hmm. so yeah i definitely agree with you there but I like I think it's so funny that we're talking about that because like it doesn't feel like the same game, you know what I mean? It like and it it definitely no, I... suffers a little bit of from the oh I had the expectation of AOE two right, um, but it's it's very much not that. And you know what the thing is as yeah. well, and I, like I want to say this as well because Relic is the 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 company that made it right. Um, Relic is the what, what, what yep, that's right. They were bought out by, or, or I don't know if they were licensed by Microsoft or, I I don't uh, know, but the thing is, it's like you understand, like if you've played Homeworld or if you play Company of Heroes, right? Um, there's a certain aesthetic that the company's kind of developed over time when it comes to RTSs, and I really like Company of Heroes, right? But I think Company of Heroes is its own kind of. It, it's very much like maybe it's the time period that really works with company of heroes. Right. Um, but, but there's, there's like a sense that I have that like they've taken that style and then like brought it to medieval times, but like that would make much more sense if, if it was a, cause, cause here, I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I just, I'm just trying to like recall if I'm, I'm, I don't want to mess up which, uh, <laughs> what's it called? Which which RTS game here? Um, I'm company of your as as I'm as I, as we're talking, I'm I'm trying to find images, so I'm making sure that it's not. Yeah, okay, it's the it's the World War Two RTS game, right? Yeah, and that's I right. Think, yeah, yeah. And I th- I think with Company of Heroes, um, the pacing 
And a little bit of the interaction between units makes a lot more sense in a game where units are going to naturally be further apart and be hiding behind things. Right? Because, like, yeah. I, even, I even think the pace at which certain units move feels very reminiscent, almost, of Company of Heroes. The only difference is you're not going and hiding in a building. It's like, oh, no, you're shooting a bunch of arrows very slowly or you're going and you're going to fight quite slowly right like i i almost feel like the pacing if everyone just had giant guns and <laughs> and tanks and stuff would make a lot more sense um but yeah no i we need we need age of empires you know cold war that, that's what yeah. that's what yeah, that's, right. that's what i'm thinking here um you know maybe maybe that was the secret all along because they could probably do that and i'd probably be in it but um yeah, I guess I guess and it's not necessarily the fault. I just think I just think with AoE four and AoE two we're always gonna fall into a natural uh comparison that is very unfair, but it is there and just because you're in the same time period, just because there's some things that you've kept, uh you're gonna have that. But speaking of which, let's go do the wild the wild uh I don't know if older middle brother, I guess now. <laughs> yeah, the the forgotten child. The Forgotten Child of AoE 3 um, coming out with uh, Knights of the Mediterranean. What can you tell us about this expansion? Um, so this expansion is actually pretty interesting. There's quite a bit of new content. Um, so there are two brand new civilizations that are unique. They're both European civs. So you'll recognize a lot of the same units. You know, you still have musketeers and um, and pikemen and crossbowmen and hussars. Um um, but uh, they they are they are obviously unique and uh, and they're they're quite interesting. So um, so the first uh, sieve is the Italians. Um, mm-hmm. So the Italians are cool because they have uh, they have a unique uh, unit called an architect. He's like a builder, um, and he builds. He either builds your buildings for free, uh, but very slowly, okay. or if the building foundation is already placed and bought for then he builds that building very quickly. So he's like a dedicated uh, builder, um, sort of worker unit for your civilization. Um, the, the Italians have... He also a, has a very, very fun hat. I just want to add that. Yes, he has, the, he has a great hat. He, has the, he, he wins the reward for the best hat. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. There's some of the mercenaries units this, have, have, have great hats too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the, the Italians have a unique church called a basilica. It's quite a bit more expensive, um, but it lets you it lets you ship um, uh, lets you ship specific uh, units like from the papal states, um, which is pretty interesting. So uh, the Italians are a bit of an amalgamation between sort of Venetians and papal states. Um, it's uh, it's it's quite interesting. Can I ask? Because uh, I'm just curious, like, what? How many civs does AoE three currently have? I don't know if you know at the top of your head. Oh, geez, I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, but it, like, believe... it feels like it's splintered a lot. You know what I mean? Since there I like quite a bit into it. <laughs> there are quite a bit now. I think the original game had like eight. Yeah, uh, no, and then <laughs> there are three Mesoamerican civs, three uh, Asian civs. So that's fourteen. Then there are, um, there are two African civs, that's sixteen. There's Mexico and the United States, that's eighteen, and now with Italians and Maltese, I think that's twenty civs. I could be wrong. And, I could be. I could be misremembering. And I think they're just unapologetically going to be adding more civs because it it seems I think like so too. with 
unlike with AOE 2 where every time there's an expansion I think we're like oh great there's like something to like get into um I think in that game the the getting into part is very much for like a competitive standpoint like people try it out from a competitive standpoint they might have some fun but they're trying it from a competitive standpoint when I think with AOE 3 it's it just feels like every time there's a new sieve, they're like, what wacky things can we do that would just be fun to play? You know, like that. that that's, yeah. They have the luxury of that in some ways, you know? Yeah, the sieves in Age of Empires 3 are very unique. Even within the same sort of geogra- geographical area, you have very yes. different sieves. You have, even within Europe, um, you have bonuses that vary quite significantly in some cases. Like the Dutch, for example, they're settlers sorry their settlers their villagers cost coin instead of food um mm. which, which is, is wild which Just completely wild changes thing. you know everything um so uh, actually there was one more sieve that i forgot it's the swedes uh sweden that's another fun sieve um so uh yeah the the, the civilizations in age of empires 3 are quite different the fact that you can customize your uh your deck of cards your shipments um yes that can make it you know you can have you can still have the same sieve but based on the deck you choose you can 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 play completely differently differently. um okay i'm just gonna you off here infinite iterations (laughs) we can like stay focused on the new units because we sorry yeah yeah sorry of course yeah no worries. I, I, I saw you getting excited, but yeah, let's 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 stick because I we I, I'm sure uh, we have a couple things to get over. So uh, yeah, continue on with yeah the, yeah yeah. The sorry, I, I got got carried away. So there are some uh, the Italians can ship some papal units from their basilica, their unique church. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have something called a Lombard. Uh, it's like an investment building where you can invest three hundred uh, resources of your mm-hmm. choice, and then those resources are gone, but um, what it does, what the building does, is that um, those invested resources <laughs> turn into they turn into the other. They, they give you a trickle of the other two resources. So, for example, oh, if I were okay. to put in three hundred food, I would get a trickle of of uh, gold and wood. And I think the total that I get is more than the three hundred that I invested. It's just spread out over a long period of time. And there's no, um, and there's no, um, there's no maximum number of times you can you can invest those resources so so it's kind of think of it like a market but with delayed um a, a delayed um it, it's it's you... essentially if you don't need the resources you can throw it in there exactly right? exactly and yeah. i found that in the few test games i've done i found that i just kept going back to the lombard and just putting in um <laughs> putting in like food um for example and just uh because i had a surplus and I happen to be building artillery, um, and uh, and you know for for more immediate coin, you go to the market, right? But the Lombard gives you that um, that alter- alternate way of balancing your economy. So it's really it's really interesting. Mm. Um, they have a unique uh, a unique uh, crossbow unit. Uh, they have a unique uh, skirmisher. Um, some papal units, like I mentioned. There's a papal. So do, guard, do you want to go at least over the? The the Pavisier and the Chiavone. Sure, sure. The Pavisier, Pavisier. I don't know. I don't know how to how to pronounce it. Um, it's essentially a crossbowman, um, but you can change its Pavisier. stance. So there, we, there we go. 
yeah you can you can change its stance and yeah, then yeah. depending on its stance it has different armor so it can have okay, like ranged yeah. armor in one stance and melee armor in another stance so it's it's uh it's pretty versatile that way it's pretty interesting i, I like when they give like um basic units just like a little bit of, of potential to to do something like unique with it like yeah some, uh, like this kind of change like i don't need you to give me like 20 effects okay but give me like one or two things for every unit is nice so that exactly if, if you use it normally it's fine but if you want to like you know let's just say because we know we'll do this so you know we'll all have an army of that one unit so you're not just standing around in the fight it's nice to maybe be like putting some of them into armor um yeah exactly and it's cool because uh it's cool just to have more options right um yep. you can have two two units might be very similar the crossbowman and the pavizier but um you know one is is just better just by 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 the virtue of its flexibility it doesn't even like we're not even talking about stats although i think the stats are better too um it's just the, the fact that you have more versatility you can put it in a different stance it has more uh, more utility uh, I think that's great. Um, the schiavone. I apologize to your to your. Uh, Italian oh, I think you listeners. did better than I did. I think you did better than I did. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is a, a skirmisher that counters other skirmishers. So very niche. Uh, I haven't tried it. I don't know. It Th- says this it... feels like this feels like because um, you you sometimes have in the early game like that kind of encounter was just a bunch of light infantry. This feels like. If you see someone just piling up a bunch of light infantry, it's just like straight up counter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you yeah, don't have to do much, so. right? <laughs> it's like, it's pretty much just, oh, just make this unit. Yeah, exactly. And uh, another cool hat. There's a theme here of Ooh. cool hats. Yes. Um, then there's some papal units. Uh, so there's the papal guard, which is like that's a what the other, Sir, That's what the other Age of Empires uh, units are missing. I don't think we have to go with papal guards because these are the papal units that are normally found in the papal civ, right? Or papal states, or no? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so these are. I think these are only available through shipments from your, okay. uh, from your home city or from your basilica. Um, so there's a there's like a unique halberdier, uh, a unique heavy cavalry. Um, Lancer. Uh, yep, uh, a unique. Uh, I guess this is some kind of skirmisher and a bombard. Um, oh, the, the sorry, the the Zuaves, um, right? Absorb some of the damage inflicted by Nimrod. That's pretty cool. Like, yeah, so because this is not something that's actually been as popular in the other Age of Empires games. The idea that um, having units that kind of absorb certain shots, so like as the shots going like some way, they take a little bit of that damage. Like I. Like, the idea of a tank, you know what I mean? Like, and when I mean tank, I mean, like, a tank in, in a MOBA, right? In, like, a League of Legends or, or uh, Dota, Yeah, yeah. Right? It, it, it's it's mm. a unit that sort of helps protect your other units. Um, mm. So, I, 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 I said it's a skirmisher. I think it's it's more of a... It's it's closer to a musketeer, actually. Um, mm. So, you can have this guy, you know, just behind your, your front line, and it can absorb some of the damage done to your front line. So, it's, it's it seems pretty interesting. Um, uh, and okay, there's I, the uh, yeah, and then there's the papal bombard, um, and actually it looks like the papal units all have they that all effect. Absorb. Yeah, they all absorb damage, which is interesting. So that's cool because you can make an army that can kind of take a lot of damage. So if you have something that's a lot more, um, if you have a unit that like damages a lot, but 
you know can't take a lot of hits like having a bunch of these units around it might be good so yeah and probably just generally that just helps you out okay uh i yeah, need for sure we need, to, we need to go over some of these cards um uh mostly because i think they're amusing <laughs> uh so i'm just gonna point out the ones that i see so so far because i think like that like their historical relevance to me amuses me so there's the marco polo voyages um uh, so essentially you explore the dark areas of the map and double the resource rewards granted by treasures any resources oh yeah so, these... so wait so... this is team so there was a marco polo before but this is like a team one i guess when you're playing uh, yeah I, I don't remember off the top of my head exactly mm -hmm. which cards they have but this looks like it just explores the whole map which is mm -hmm. crazy to me i haven't tried this but that's what it sounds like and it doubles all your uh all your treasure rewards yeah, so I mean that's that that essentially is early on to 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 get that edge. That, that's a yeah, cool. That's, I mean that's, that's a cool huge. thing about AoE three, right? Like the the fort, like it it gives you reward for exploring the map early, right? And and actually yeah. pushing out early to get all that loot early to to kind of build up your economy yeah. quick. It also um, it also scales because you have uh, you have treasures that are that might be guarded by one or two neutral units. Um, but then you might have other treasures that are guarded by like pirates or other mercenaries or musketeers, and for that you need to build up a more a more substantial army. So and the rewards are obviously proportionally better. So so the this uh, exploration and um, treasure gathering aspect kind of scales with the game as well. I want to also point. So I'm just pointing out the ones not necessarily that are like strategically amusing to me, but just like the idea of them make me laugh. Uh, there's the Machiavellinus, <laughs> uh, which improves your Italian explorer combat, enables him to pick up treasures nearly instantly, and gives him a powerful canine companion. So, yes, yeah, so this is Machiavelli. What do you, make make more money. <laughs> yeah, this this is uh, common. I think every or almost every Civ has something like this, which explores uh, improves your explorer. Uh, next one points six out to me is Guardia di Finanza. Uh, the financial police collects coin for each enemy unit you have defeated so far. This to me, yeah, that's is amazing. That's interesting, because like that the can, idea that can be really of good like, late game, because it's, it's just the idea of like you've done well earlier, <laughs> so now you shall be rewarded because you were actually collecting bounty from all the people you face. Yeah, I think this is this is good because uh, as the game maybe drags on, if if you have a long, you're having a long game. Um, coin obviously is hard to come by typically you'll have several estates um with you know 10 villagers a pop gathering gold for you but this might be a one-time boost where you can get a lot of coin um artillery is especially is very expensive in coin and you want to be getting lots of artillery so uh yeah this sounds uh, this sounds really cool and and quite unique the longer right, I you think... the longer you wait the bigger the payoff uh for sure um I think uh, what I'd like to do is um, go over the Maltese here, uh, like get right into the Maltese at this point, because I don't need sure. to go over what how you can. I mean, if you want to go to the home city, and make it look all nice, like feel free. Uh, but I'm not going to yeah, go that, over that's... all the buildings. <laughs> no, 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 no. That I I will just say that um, the the home city, both home cities look very nice. Uh, very happy with how they look. Lots of customization options. Uh, yeah, great. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, let's go to the Maltese. It starts with um, a Grandmaster. Is that a unique unit to the Maltese? Or that's is that your just... that's your explorer, essentially. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Um, what I will say, so I'll, I'll just go over here, and then maybe you can jump on. Uh, Maltese units gain additional hit points with each shipment and heal over time when idle. That's really cool, right off the bat. Yeah, this um, is. Yeah, this is a you to theme. ship a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so sorry. Um, this is a theme that you'll see with the Maltese is uh, is uh, regenerating hit points. It's healing. Um, all of their idle units heal. They have uh, hospitals, which are their their uh, their basic um, military uh, building. Uh, mm-hmm. Acts as it's a hospital, so it heals nearby units. So this is a, a theme that's common in the Maltese. And I. I personally think from an, not like from a realistic perspective, but from a, like RTS perspective, games that allow for healing outside of battle is good, right? Like I think, I think this idea that is if you can perfectly disengage, you should be able to heal periods before the next fight. It, it just makes sense to me, right? Um, yeah, it's it's I, great. It gives you more value out of your units. Uh, it's especially good on units that have a lot of hit points, such as uh, like mercenary cavalry is a good example very expensive lots of hit points if you can keep them alive um and you know re- retreat them from battle they'll heal up over time you don't need to invest in a priest it, it's just it's just passive so it's uh it's really good strong bonus all right let's talk about the hospital here uh wh- what's this unique building yeah so the hospital how dare, is how dare there be barracks. a hospital in this time period <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it's it's a hospital, but when you look at it, it's not somewhere you where you'd like to to be treated. I I think there's like a there's like a bloody <laughs> saw. This bloody saw. This that's bloody, like way too like, realistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They amputated you so you don't die for infection because that's a lot of people died um, yeah. back in the day. Uh, so a very historically accurate in that sense. But continue. Uh, yeah. So it tr- it trains your uh, basic infantry units. It's just like your barracks, but it also heals nearby units. Mm, that's nice um actually before before i go on uh the maltese for for uh for those those of you who've played the original campaign act one where you play as the knights of saint john mm-hmm. um the maltese are, are very much that um it's it's it was a throwback for me uh you have a lot of wait till the, you get to the, the campaign fixed gun guy <laughs> yeah the fixed gun is there the fire throwers are there um so it's uh yeah it's it's cool it's it was a throwback for sure and this next building is uh is another throwback it's the commandery i think i'm saying that right it's like yep. the um the fort uh, command post you see it typically in campaigns um it's like a big uh, you know big fort like uh building almost and this this uh trains your cavalry and it's interesting because it can garrison units and when you garrison units you can then ungarrison all of your units at any commandery so it acts almost like a like a teleportation oh, kind of kind of building okay. so it's oh okay. i don't know how use i don't know how useful that is oh no 100 percent. this can be abused a hundred percent i mean um, because because i i think the one thing that you forget is like, like, imagine you put this on the the north and south side of a map, right? And you're you're in the west side, right? Um, your ability to just constantly move your units from one side to the other and attack different places, like this, this to me, the only thing better than this is like the idea that someone's going to take a bunch of villagers, run into the enemy base, build one of these, and then <laughs> then transfer. Yeah, that that doesn't your sound like... the back line. I'm yeah, so that... excited. This is actually so fun. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think building this sort of in your enemy's face uh, would would fly. Um, 
but yeah, it sounds uh, that that sounds like a great idea. Actually, building these some of these in different corners of the map and and it, watch it's, surprise it's, it's attacks. It's gonna be faster reinforcement. So like by nature, yeah. if you can keep these alive, right, and protect them, you can kind of start taking over the map quite quite viciously. Yeah. Um, the the one can... downside, I mean, I, it might sound broken, but I don't actually think it is. I've I've tested this uh, this mechanic. It's uh, there's a cooldown on it. The cooldown is actually quite long um so it, it can't I be don't, okay so essentially what you're telling me is it's not uh what's that unit from starcraft um it's the, not a nidus worm it's not a nidus worm okay that's what you're telling no. me because that's what i was getting excited for i i just want you know aoe3 just you know your units popping up all over the place no no, no it's, it's not quite that strong you have to wait quite a bit uh but it gives you mobility options um so so that's really cool yeah um, uh, continue on. No. Uh, yep. They also have something called a depot, um, which is like those gunpowder depots. Again, from the campaign, a lot of these assets are like straight out of the campaign. Except now you can actually build them. Um, so that's pretty that's cool. cool. The, mm -hmm. Yeah, the depot basically um, just sits there and it boosts uh, your gunpowder units and artillery. So um, near it, right? Yeah. Near it. Yeah. Uh, but if your enemy targets it and destroys it then it'll explode and it'll damage all units around it so it's kind of a double-edged sword you want to protect it um but you want to you want to be fighting near it but you also want to protect it so it's it's kind of tricky but it's also quite interesting i don't know how strong the effect is um i i just haven't haven't tested that but uh quite an interesting um Interesting so building and on, interesting on one, option. On one side of the enemy, you're going to be running in and you're going to be building these uh, these commanderies. On the other side, you're going to be building depots and then blowing them. <laughs> yeah, or you can always like lure your opponent and and. Oh, that's true. That that that's actually probably more practical. Is is you'll use this as essentially just a trap, right? Like a standing trap. Yeah, I I, I, I didn't is, actually think of that. Is, this is slowly becoming the most strategically interesting civilization because there's a lot of things I want to try with this. Not that I execute or successfully do any of them, but it's just, it seems like there's a lot of fun you can have with these. Yeah, it definitely looks interesting. Uh, do you want to go over uh, now the, 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 my favorite part of the campaign? Yeah, this is gun? my favorite part ever. It's the fixed gun. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, they're like, yeah, do you want to just have a gun that can like shoot anywhere on the map? <laughs> I don't think it's quite as powerful. No, I mean, it's course. still powerful, but I think it's been nerfed. It's not like the campaign ones, which are just, just insane. Well, in um, the campaign, you you just had to fight over it. Like that—that that was the whole point yeah. of the missions in the campaign. It's just like keep this gun alive or keep control of this gun, and then you exactly. And it could like one shot anything in the game. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't think it's quite that powerful, but it is very, it is very powerful, and it gives you a stationary. Uh, sort of anchor point to, to anchor your defense around um very powerful uh quite pricey as you might imagine um it's 600 coin uh, just to this build is one it. of those i'm winning and i want to keep winning for sure yeah like exactly you, you, or you might, i'm defending this area and, yeah. I, and i really don't want you to come here <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um, with that, we can maybe continue on here uh, as we're as we're nearing the end of the multi. So we have the Grandmaster, which is the the uh, hero, um, but the yep. hus Hospitaller. Yeah, Hospitaller, Hospitaller. I don't know how to. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, this is like a, a Crusader knight. He has a like chainmail. He has a longsword. 
really cool looking unit. Faster um, than your buildings. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So the hospital and the Sentinel both get yeah. uh, bonuses near near buildings, uh, which is another interesting mechanic that uh, that the Maltese have. So hospital like, can I just faster. say this again before like we continue? AoE three does has so much fun with this. Just like trying yeah. every mechanic out possible. Like just trying something unique on every unit almost. It feels exactly. Like. I, I love this kind of stuff. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's great. Um, then the Sentinel is another unique infantry unit. This guy's a musketeer, uh, heavily armored musketeer. So that's pretty cool. He can build outposts and he gets a bonus uh, when he's fighting near buildings and the, the bonus gets even better when he's fighting near fortifications. So the Sentinel is very defensive, uh, um, a very defensive unit specifically. Um, so it's it's quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, the Fire Thrower, this guy is straight out of the campaigns. It's those... Uh, literally the same unit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's literally the same unit. They throw like flaming hoops um and they counter heavy infantry and light cavalry um so that's that's pretty interesting uh this is like, like your, I, your skirmisher i guess i think we all know in aoe3 like they need to be efficient because i imagine the team is super small like you know what i mean that that's working on aoe3 like imagine this yeah. team um so this definitely feels like they took they took the ideas from the campaign and threw them in here um which i'm totally fine with honestly because i yeah i kind of i kind of like that it's it's actually a nod to, to some of those things um but i just i just I'm, I'm just aware that i'm sure like it was probably easier to to transfer some of these assets and build a new sieve here um than, yeah for sure and make a new sieve from the ground up and, and there's some unique units there's some unique um play styles that i'm already seeing from this so i'm i'm not opposed to it yeah it's not like they just threw the same sieve. it feels like they've actually put some work to make it a little more unique yeah, they've they've really much taken the sieve from the campaign from from the original campaign and then um just put a spin on it, made it more interesting. Um gave it a few a few more unique things and uh and I think it looks great. All right, uh let's get into the unique cards um because it has a lot of fire <laughs> is what I'm seeing. Yes. Yeah, so uh the the first card that they're previewing here Greek fire this lets you essentially build uh, the equivalent. What are demolition ships? Basically, they're called fire ships in this game, but they have no, uh, they have no guns. They just a ram other in ships. Send in a secret incendiary it? mixture, incendiary which inflicts, mixture. I love that. which inflicts considerable damage upon contact. So they're, that's because they're a just, secret organization, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. It's the Illuminati. Um, so. Uh, so yeah, this is just a ship that you you run forward and you try to you know find a clump of enemy ships to just do maximum damage. Guess what? The ships aren't the only ones. You can also have towers do it. <laughs> yeah. So this uh, this turns your your outpost into frontier outposts and gives them some kind of flaming attack, uh, which so is you interesting. Research is for yeah. So you can have frontier outposts, but I think I think yeah, the short range fire attack is is definitely interesting in that in that respect. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Knights of the Round Table? <laughs> yeah, this uh, is. Uh, you get yeah, one. Is, you get one of them. <laughs> you, you get, get one, one of them crusader. for each of your town centers. So, uh, and it and it uh, also gives more hit points to all units on your team. Well, that's uh, pretty cool. Which is interesting. I don't know. Kind of cool. Kind of fun. I don't know if it's great. 
Um, it's, just, it's just fun. It's, it's a nice little little. Duck. I just like the name. I'm gonna be honest. Just nice of the round table going with that. Yeah, yeah. And the the picture this, is great. This too. is the the sieve of legend in, in many ways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then the conspiracy and the the King Arthur. Anyway, yeah. Then the fire throws. Yeah. So uh, this this card gives fire throwers a flamethrower attack. Uh, I have I haven't actually tested this, but it sounds crazy. It's all just ridiculous. I mean, great. Yeah. I love it. I love every minute of it. But yes, it's ridiculous. Keep going. <laughs> and then you have, uh, th- these are called tongue cards. There's Italian tongue, French tongue, German tongue. Uh, there's British as well. I think there's every European Civ, if I remember correctly, or almost. Uh, these kind of let you ally. It's like a pseudo ally with uh, other European nations. So it'll give you a, sh- a small bonus uh, that's kind of more unique to that particular nation um so like for the french tongue you can uh, it ships a few uh, cuirassiers which are their uh, the french unique heavy cavalry and then you can train uh, train that unit out of the commandery so the main benefit of these cards is that it unlocks units that you can train at your uh, at your commanderies which again are those buildings that um, can teleport units and that recruit your cavalry so um there are quite a few of these, like I said, I think almost every um, European civilization. So it gives you again more, more, um, more options. Uh, if you, you know, if you're really a really fa- a big fan of uh, cuirassier, you know, gra- grab the the French card, um, and uh, and you'll have access to those. So that's there that's really go. cool. Okay, I think one last thing that I need to go over before we kind of close up the episode here is I want to talk about the minor civs. Do you know what this is about? The royal houses. Uh, house no, of I don't. Bourbon, the House of Witt- Wittelsbach. Um, so it. Uh, okay, so I think this is like the trade. So essentially, what these are is, you know, how you can have uh, trading posts built uh, on different um, settlements or kingdoms or holy sites um, throughout the game, like where you build the trading post and then you can get the thing. So they've added now the House of Bourbon. Uh, the House of Whittles back. So these are all just things where you can have like unique units from there. Essentially, that's what it is. So they added a bunch with these because I think they made 30 new European maps. So now they've added like these, yeah. these estates, essentially the castles. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't realize that's what they were called. But basically, it's uh, think of it like native civilizations, minor native civilizations that you can ally with by building yeah. a trade post next to their little village, except um these are european factions um so again with a ton of unique uh, upgrades and unique units and a unique aesthetic to to their buildings even even the the trade post that you build on these new european maps look different they they have a different skin so um it's uh, it's quite nice it's different it's fresh um i like it i'm a big fan I mean, it, it, it's just, you can do this for every, like, it's like, it's not like adding a sieve, but it, it, it definitely adds, like, once again, the thing that Age of Empires 3 does so well, the the flavor, right? There's so much flavor yeah. in this game. Yeah, you know, for all sure. All different types of flavors. All right, I think with that, we're going to close up the show. Uh, thank you, Matt, so much for being here and providing us with that AOE3 insider knowledge. Um, that was the main focus of the show. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I, I know we, we haven't been as active in the last little bit, but we're going to try to keep going once a month here. Um, and then if we can get some things going again, uh, some events and stuff like that, we'll let you know through the Discord. So if you join the Discord, you can 
you can get into that. But regardless, uh, thank you, everyone. I hope all of you have a great month, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Cheers. Cheers.